Good evening, welcome folks. I am Brian and you are joining me and the rest of the crew as we continue to review and to preview the all of the divisions leading into the new season. It is time for the NFC East to get the uh, critical gaze of some of our resident experts in the crew. Um, and they're feeling a lot better uh, about this episode, ladies and gents, because we've went from having one homer uh, in the audience to having three. So John's going to be doing his best with a team that is not his own, uh, but we've got three other crew members who will be getting no such sympathy as we expect nothing but the very, very best. Um, so we're going to be looking at each of these teams. What have they been up to in the offseason? How did they get on in the draft? What do they need to do to succeed this year, what are some of those tasty fixtures that we have got to look forward to? And as we are making a feature of in these shows, who can these teams look to to crush it for them this season? Well, with no further ado, folks, I'm going to, I'm going to rip, it, rip the plaster off quickly uh, and we're going to get, get Johnny's moment in the sun and then, then he can mop his fever brow and not have to think about the one, the only, Washington Commanders. John, how are you doing, mate? Are you ready to tell me about all things uh, all things Commander? Hey, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's kick us off, mate. So what have, the, what have the, the Commanders been up to in the off-season? What are the big ads? What are the big drops? What are the big changes? Now, to be fair, the Commanders have seen one pretty blockbuster change, and it's not somebody who will ever grace a playing field. So what the, what's the big news with the Commanders this year? I think like the big news was obviously, uh, and it was a big sigh of relief for like a lot of the NFL fans uh, were, were actually quite happy for them. Obviously, not the their, their divisional rivals, but uh, Schneider uh, cutting ties. I think that was a, a, a good thing for the, the whole NFL, just in general. Uh, I think a lot of people were, were happy to see uh, them a new owner, so uh, I think I'm reasonably convinced that as soon as that was confirmed, you know, there were like bells tolling throughout the yeah. streets of Washington, and you know, like for you know, ding dong, the witch is gone. Uh, so yeah, yeah. what what about the things that are not not that the ownership doesn't have an impact on the field, but what about the things that are going to have any direct impact in the field? What have uh, been the big moves that they've been making this year? Uh, and and for the agency, they signed uh, Diane Payne. Uh, sixty million guaranteed. So nice, nice little payday there. So for him, uh, they also picked up. Uh, I think it's a uh, Jacoby Brissett as well. I think they, they brought him in. Uh, be one in my heart. Should be one in my heart, just not in my team sheet. Yeah, uh, and uh, Andrew Wiley from the the Chiefs as well, and uh, mm-hmm. from the the Giants. So uh, another. Another uh, thing to look at is uh, Chase Young as well. He's uh, two years since his uh, injury from ACL, so and he's in his contract year, so it's going to be a big year for him, I think, as well. Okay, right. So, bit of action, bit of movement. Um, now, obviously, the big questions with the the commanders this year in terms of the playing side of it is there is the quarterback question. I mean, they are, yeah, they brought in Jacoby. They brought in Jacoby to give them that nice, safe pair of hands. Um, you know, Sam Howell, is he going to make the step, all the rest of it? There's a lot to talk about there. Um, before, I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. Uh, what about their draft? I'm, 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 I've done it twice now in, in two shows, guys, where I can't follow a very simple script, which is quite embarrassing. Um, what about the draft, mate? How did the commanders crack on in the draft this year? Believe it or not, I've not even like got anything in how how they drafted. To be honest, eh? uh, I'll I'll need to actually check that. Big big pickups for them. So obviously the the, the big ones that we had with the commanders, they grabbed uh, Emmanuel Forbes at sixteen. So pardon me as I die in the corner. Um, so yeah, so they've they, they went to to kind of try and grab a tackle, but they really couldn't get one. Um, because we, we all know how the draft went and we've seen all the top tackle prospects went early before the commanders got on the board. So they went, they got a corner um, out of Mississippi State. They added onto it, they had Jatavius Martin, uh, 
in their defensive back at Illinois. And you know, I'm trying to look at some of the others. They added at guard, they added at O-line, um, they added another defensive edge, uh, defensive end, sorry. Uh, and then it gets into their kind of depth picks. From looking at it, it looks like they have kind of went in and went for value. You know, most people, I think, looked at it. But that middle bit of the draft, where they went for a guard, they went for their line, are they trying to give Sam Howell the the, the protection that he needs to succeed? Yeah, yeah I, I, I think, uh, like on previous podcasts, I've, I've talked about it, like the games really won in the, the, the trenches. If you've, if you've got like a, a good O-line or a good D-line, then you, you've got a good chance of uh, winning any game, to be honest. I think, uh, and... And with such a, a young quarterback coming in uh, and Sam Howell's second season, it'll be interesting to see how the, the offensive line can protect them. And they've obviously tried to address that within the, the draft. That They obviously didn't like the players that they, they've got and they, they've obviously brought a, a few players in, in free agency as well. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how how he performs, I think like there's a lot of question marks around around a lot of the second year quarterbacks this year and somehow will be one of them. Right, okay. Well last year they they went eight eight and one. I love a I love a team that gathers a tie. Love it. Love a tie in the NFL. Um what did it and you're okay, to be fair, they they came, you know, I think most people would say that the commanders didn't play amazing football last year, but they came in at five hundred which is always respectable. You know, it's a tough league. There's no easy games and all the rest of it. We know the cliches. What do the commanders need this year to to, to really help them improve, to help them kick on and, and try and not just be a 500 football team? I think they, they really need their, their offence. They start clicking quite quick. Uh, they've obviously got the likes of uh, Brian Johnson Jr. at running back as well as... Uh, one of their uh, draft picks from last year who played fair, fairly well, uh, Johan Dotson, uh, uh, the mm-hmm. wide receiver. So a uh, couple, couple of good pickups there. Eh? So, and as already mentioned, like Chase Young uh, in, in a contract year coming back from uh, a year on from his injury. It's, and when it's an ACL, it usually takes a full full year to recover yeah. as such before they get up to that standard that you've seen and we've got to admit he, when he first came into the league he was a dominant player within the NFL so mm-hmm. it'd be nice like even though he's he's against like your, your team you always like to uh, see these players come back and stuff and the, the best against the best Exactly. Yeah. It's one of the reasons we all love the league. It's one of the reasons we all love yeah. the game because it's uh, you've only got thirty-two teams, and it is they are the best at the job they are doing. So yeah, we like to see elite players playing. Uh, yeah. Right. Okay. Um, so looking at the looking at the schedule for the commanders, what are the what are the big games that you that you look at and you go that that's going to be that's going to be tasty. That's going to be one 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 to go out of your way and watch. I think like the schedule is it's really tough to. To open up with, uh, they've got three AFC North teams. Pro, um, mm-hmm. uh, uh, not got their exact schedule in front of me, but uh, oh, I'll just have a, a quick. I think some of the when we look around it, they're actually some of them. It'll be interesting to see how some of them, they're, they're starting out with the cards, which be fair, probably about as gentle a start to the year as you're likely to get in the league playing. Play the Cardinals, um, but you know after that they're then going to need to deal with the Broncos. They've got the Bills, the Eagles. That's going to be a wee tougher, potentially three tough games. Depends how how the changes in Denver are going. Yeah, I've just uh, just pulled up here, Brian. So outside of the division, they've got the Bills, uh, the 49ers, the Rams, and the Seahawks are probably debatable games for them outside the division. Yeah. Well, the Rams will be interesting. Rams 17th yeah. of December. Um, who, who will it be? Which Rams team are they going to play? Yeah. I mean, we've seen such a Jekyll and Hyde uh, Rams. Uh, that, that could be an absolute hiding for either team. Yeah. Easily. Or it 
could be a total finish the, the finish the season with Jets, 49ers, Cowboys. That's not a good finish to the season. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah. You know, the, one, the one there that's going to be the killer is going to be that Jets Christmas Eve game. They can yeah. walk away for that. Well, win. Bit of a bit of a boost, bit of a high. Maybe it gives them the impetus to go on and then face what are likely to be two very, very tough teams. Yeah, if they, if they beat the Jets in Christmas Eve, they'll go six they'll go one in sixteen. There <laughs> <laughs> we there we go. It's uh, I we had we had optimistic Dan for like a whole three seconds in another episode, folks. Yeah, we're, we're, back. we're optimistic about the right team this time, that's the difference. <laughs> I think another big game is obviously they're playing uh, on Thanksgiving as well against Dan's Cowboys. So I think uh, they, if they can win that game, but uh, probably not. But... Uh, so I, I, I feel discontent with that statement. I feel that there's a <laughs> member of the crew doesn't feel that that outcome's likely. But he'll get his chance. Uh, I think there's four, four other members of the crew who don't think there's a chance for that happening as well. Uh, yeah, oh, I'm always able to just wait. Jacoby will be in by that point and he'll dice you up. Uh, <laughs> right, okay. Uh, let's let's round off all things uh, all things Washington. Who is the man on the commanders who will take command and who will crush it this year? Who have you got? I'm going to go with Chase Young to make an impact. And yeah. To to come back from his injury and uh, absolutely crush it for them. So, special player, a special head of hair. A fantastic head of hair, Chase Young. And he's frighteningly fast. Right. Okay. Thank you. Thank you very much. Sir. Right. We are gonna we're gonna move on. And you know what time it is, ladies and gentlemen. It is time to find out if we are all if we're all still them boys. It is time for America's team to enter the arena. Dan, it is your moment in the sun. It is your moment in the spotlight. This is where I had, I had to trim back the notes that he was going to bring here, folks. He was going to bring in like a, like a Bible to, to read to us. He's got pages, pages and pages. But we'll keep we'll keep him on point and we'll keep him brief. Dan, kick me off with your off-season, mate. What have been the big comings and goings in Dallas? So we've spoken in uh, previous episodes about teams being active in the off-season. Yes, we've been active compared to the Cowboys. We can run through this. Right, I'm just going to run through this very quickly because there's a lot, right? And most, I'm only, I've only listed the players that are actually key players that have either left or came. I've not listed everybody. So leaving, I'll run through it quickly. Ezekiel Elliott, Jason Peters, Anthony Brown, Conor McGovern, Brett Maher, Dalton Schultz, Anthony Barr, Jake McQuaid, Longsnapper and Noah Brown all left. That's a lot of players. That's, that's, that's a lot of turnover. So considering you think about it, Zeke was a starter. Jason Peters came in and out. Uh, Conor McGovern was a starter. Brett Maharjit, obviously a kicker. Dalton Chutes was a starting tight end. Anthony Barfield in it, linebacker now and again. Long snapper, you only have a half one of them, so he's a starter. So there's a lot of players that made an impact last season that have went out the door, but we see this every year in free agency with the Cowboys, where Jerry's not afraid to lose players. And that's, um, well, obviously, the big one with the Cowboys in terms of the headlines was Zeke. You know I mean? Zeke was, was allowed to walk away. As a fan, are you bothered? No, I, I actually, I, I texted my dad. When we lost that playoff game, I texted my dad and said, that's Zeke's last game for us. Oh. He just knew that his time was up. And for someone who was such an impact three-down running back, you knew last year, Tony Ball coming through, Zeke became your goal line or your, your three and one, three and two, or even going for the fourth down running back. It wasn't, it never, it wasn't no longer your impact running back. It was your guy that will get you over the line. Um, and he just knew that his time was up. <clears throat> and we've obviously discussed all the running backs over in previous pods, but it shows you that someone like him has not been picked up, even at any market price. Nope. He's, he's still looking for a team. So it kind of shows you where he's currently at now. Yeah, it's, it's the big interest. We, we all know, we're not going to talk about it because we've done it before. Yeah. We all know how, how flat the running back market is. But aye, is he, does he want too much or the team's just no fancy him? But it's uh, what I suppose yeah. it will shake out as, as we get towards the uh, tail end of the offseason. Yeah, he'll be one of those players that when somebody, a starting running back, picks up an injury in the first quarter of the season, he'll be one of the first doors that people six, come back. ring. Dick's phone will ring and he'll put down his bowler seal. Uh, <laughs> I love that picture. It's one of the best pictures the NFL's ever uh, uh, right, so, What about your draft, mate? Well, how did you how did you rank the Cowboys draft this year? 
Yeah. Before we get to the draft, I'm not talking about players coming in. Oh, that's true. I just the list. The list of out was so long. Yes. So coming in, Brandon Cooks. Uh, yes. I think that's a good pick up. I, I, I was hoping for D Hop, but uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll take Cooks. I mean, I think I think he'll complement that. CD very well. I think he'll give us a good deep threat. Uh, paid him two, 20 million over two years. Quick stat about him. His last eight seasons, he's had six 1,000 yard plus games. Eh, sorry, games. There's only two other players in the NFL that have had six 1,000 plus yard seasons in the last eight years. Mike Evans has done eight out of eight, and Travis yep. Kelfie's done seven out of eight. So he, he can pick up the yards. He's he's a player that's wildly under, but he's a player that's been underrated because he's played in Houston for so long. Yeah, yeah. End of the day, he played a terrible a run of terrible Texans teams in that coloured. I think a lot of people's opinions of him, unfortunately. Yeah, Probably a bit of success for yourself. That Texans was not a very good quarterback, but he was still put up over a thousand yards. Yeah. Um, run through quickly other ones. Stefan Gilmore. We'll talk about yeah. him a bit more in a wee while. Chuma Edoga. Trent Seager's another long snapper picked up for the Vegas and Ronald Jones, who yeah, I don't, I don't yeah. think he's much of the ball this year, to be honest with you. But he's there, he's in the, he's in the running back room and uh, he fills a space. Listen, uh, I'm, I'm going to step in and just, just defend the good name of, of, of Rojo because I know Kev's a very proud Rojo fantasy owner. I am. He, I am. He, he, will not, he will not have the good name of Rojo besmirched. And if anybody <laughs> wants to trade for Rojo, Kev will reluctantly listen to offers. I'll <laughs> <laughs> have to be a good offer. Uh, re-signed free agents uh, Jonathan Hankins Dante Fowler Cooper Rush CJ Goodwin Leighton Van Der Esch Donovan Wilson and Terence Steele they were all free agents and we've re-signed all them so all good uh, players to hold on to busy then been a bit busy Mary. and that's just the players <laughs> <laughs> right we well, got to the coaches or the draft well right. let's you know, let's, let's, let's get into it let's get into your draft go for it Right, lot draft. of action, lot of action in your preseason. How did you do in your draft? But uh, I was very happy with the draft. Um, first round pick, I was surprised where we went with Mazzy Smith. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I, I, once I read more into him, I wasn't much didn't much in pre-draft. Yeah, I think he's gonna be a great pick up. Cowboys love a first round draft pick in either the O line or the D line. Um, so yeah, so Mazzy Smith uh, didn't surprise me that we went in that position. Just wasn't expecting to be to be him. Um, yeah. Then we went with Luke Schoonmaker in the second to pick up a tight end. Um, maybe a bit of a reach, but it was a problem position for us going into this season. Yeah. We've obviously got Jake oh. Ferguson there. Mm-hmm. Um, we like our tight ends. A lot of two tight end sets in the Cowboys offence. So, yeah, I mean, he'll come in we'll see how he does. But he's, um, I was hoping to maybe pick up somebody like Kincaid or, it was or Michael Mayer. Was it, yeah. kind of what I was hoping, but... Temmie Kate me as they are both already gone, so yeah, I think it should make him as third rated tight end. But I think we maybe reached a wee bit in terms of when we picked him. I think that was probably because we thought if we didn't take him, we were kind of then struggling in terms of quality of tight ends in the draft. Yeah, um, yeah. To be fair, I wait and see. I never, as we've discussed in previous episodes, never judge a, never judge rookie tight ends in the first couple of years. Very tricky yeah. position. Takes a long time to get your head around it. Um, but yeah, I think most people agree that he was maybe a wee bit of a reach. Yeah, a couple of players that we picked up that might not make a massive impact straight away. Junior Fajeko, uh, slot receiver, he might see a wee bit of action in different plays. Damarian Overshot in, um, as a, a linebacker, again, might not see him straight away. Uh, Eric Scott Jr., who played probably a lot more special teams for the first wee while. Uh, and then obviously, everybody's favourite story of the draft. Just yes. I mean, um, going back to we talked on previous pod about uh, a chain in <laughs> size, right? This <laughs> one is five five and twelve and a half stone. Yep, that is so, genuinely yeah. weirder than me. He is genuinely <laughs> a child. <laughs> it was a, it's the the great friend that's not seen the clip that's been doing the rounds on Twitter and social rest of a. Uh, of Juice Vaughn doing some drills at practice, and it's they're all like uh, with the taglines of you know how lovely one of the coaches brought their son because he <laughs> does look like a wee boy. He literally did bring his son. 
<laughs> I'm on a scout, not a coach, but anyway. Um, it's like that cartoon when you see the young the wee player running through somebody's legs. That's what's going to happen. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, linebackers are going to try and catch him and going to miss as he just slides straight under. Exactly. So, yeah, I mean, I'm excited by just fun. How much ball he'll see. Uh, I think he's been doing a wee bit of working out of receiver as well. So, uh, I think I think it'll be good for us. Maybe not so much this season, but I think good prospect anyway. So, very happy with the draft. Maybe a couple of picks, maybe with a change, maybe maybe a wee bit of reach, but uh, overall, pretty happy with it. But all, all, all told, all told, a happy fan, and that's that's always the, the trickiest people to please. Um, yes. Right, okay. Looking, so I'm, 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 I've just lost it. I'm just trying to find what your record was last year. So yes, it was a good year, actually, for yourselves. 12 and 5 yeah. season, but never made the big dance, and that's what everybody wants. Yeah. <clears throat> what do you see as the big things the Cowboys need to do this year to, to take a step, to go on, to, to make it better? Yeah, I think one of the, the changes we need to make has already happened, and I, and I was against it, and I don't know what happened, but I'm now coming around to it, and that is Kellen Moore going... I thought Kellen Moore would be our head coach one day. Um, but him moving, he's now at the Chargers and Mike McCarthy's going to take over the play calling, which <clears throat> he's obviously done it before. He's done it at the Packers very successfully. Um, so I think we'll see how that goes. And we brought in Brian Schottenheimer as a new OC, so I expect a lot more running as well. So that was an improvement already that's happened. Going into next season, we need to turnovers, or interceptions specifically. We need to have <laughs> interceptions. And we already know we Dak. Last year. We, we already know Dak's been misquoted about having less than ten interceptions. That's not what he said. But stats for last year: we had eighteen interceptions last year, which was thirty oh, in the NFL in terms of interceptions given up. Only the Texans and the Colts were worse than us last year. Yeah, That's That's a, lot of <laughs> yeah. Well, a lot of interceptions, man. A lot of passes, though. Remember, a lot of passes. Do you know, do you know, do you know I sound like, I sound like excuses, folks. That sounds like excuses. <laughs> it wasn't my fault. A big boy did it and ran away with the ball into the end zone. That's why Kellen Moore's gone. <laughs> uh, another thing we need to improve on, and this does my head in every year with the Cowboys, and I don't know how much you watch the Cowboys and how much you actually notice this, we give away a ridiculous amount of stupid penalties, right? At key times as well. It's not just a daft or false start here or whatever here. We get, we just give away stupid penalties. So last year we were twenty fourth overall for penalties, forty six for defensive holding, and thirty first for unnecessary roughness. Why? It's just stupid. You're giving up. You get late hits or just doing stuff. You face my stuff that you shouldn't be doing at key times. And defensive holding one does my head. And I mean, just if a guy's going to beat you, it depends on the situation. Some of them are going to give up as a tactical foul, but it's like 40 yards away from your end zone and it's a, a five-yard pass, just why are you grabbing the guy? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, what, stupid penalties at stupid times we need to improve on as well. What do you put that down to, Dan? Because I mean, that McCarthy's an experienced coach. But, but it's not. this isn't just a McCarthy thing. This has been going for, since Garrett was here, as, as a Cowboys fan for the last, watching this for the last five, ten years, we've always been giving away stupid penalties. I don't know why. I, I can't put my finger on it. It's just stupid decision making at certain times, and I think, and it's, I say, it's not as if it's major daft penalties. It's like defensive holding, unnecessary roughness could be anything, obviously. But it's just we get we give away a false start. You're like, we're going for it in fourth and one, and we fall start. You're just like, yep. kills the momentum, swings games. It's just think things like stupid penalties like that. It's, it's not, it's never massive, like massive penalties are costing you a lot of yards. It's just these stupid penalties at stupid times. You know what I mean, like. Yeah, that, that's that's my rant over for that. That's, 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 it's the cerebral part of the game, isn't it? You know what I mean? It's not, you know, fair NFL's all about physicality and what have you, but at the end of the day, you need to be switched on upstairs to not do things like that and keep your team flowing. Yeah. Right, okay, mate. Well, looking at your year ahead, what are, what are your big games? What are, what are the big ones that you are champing at the bit? You cannot wait for them. Yeah, so I've looked, I've looked again very similar to what I talked about previously about the Patriots. I went the first six games... Giants, Jets, Cardinals, Patriots, 49ers, Chargers. That's the first six games. I've got us coming out of that at least five and one, which would be a great start with playing the Giants, obviously, divisional, the 49ers and the Chargers. We don't know what's going to happen with the 49ers. Chargers, obviously, we heard about good team this year. Mm -hmm. I've got us coming out of that at five and one is a good start. But 
from the NFC East perspective, something that always comes down to in this division is how you finish the season. Mm-hmm. It's always so tight, and what comes out of our last three games are Dolphins, Lions, Washington. That could be massive for us because that's not the hardest running of the last three games. Um, obviously, Dolphins, we spoke about how are they going to do. But if you were to offer me that as your last three games, I would have taken it. That's it is interesting because particularly say it's a lot there's a lot of teams there who are a bit like we've mentioned before, they're Jekyll and Hyde teams. You know I mean the Dolphins can either completely blow you away or not really turn up. The Lions yeah. went from being a bit of a laughing stock a couple of years ago to being a real up and coming team. Yeah. And then you look at your front end of the season, you may say 49ers seemingly don't need quarterbacks <laughs> to, yeah. to win to win games and get a championship games. Yeah. Um, so it's but how long can you maintain that? How long can you keep stuff like that going? Which yeah. is why we love the game. Um, right, okay, let's let's wind up the cowboys. I'm sorry, mate. I know you could we could have a whole show in the cowboys and you wouldn't be satisfied. Um, who who is your man? Who is the one who got who's got to step up? Who is going to crush <clears> it for the cowboys this year? So I'm not going to go obvious because there's so many obvious players that I could pick, but I mean, on both sides of the ball. Um, but I'm going to go with someone who I think will be key to this year. That playing in any other team, I think it would be well. He's going to be a key player, and it's Stefan Gilmore. I think adding him in that secondary is going to be huge. Uh, teams last season didn't want to throw to Trayvon Diggs. Now they're thinking, right, well, we're not going to throw to Trayvon Diggs, but we now need to throw to Stefan Gilmore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean that, that's kind of where that. So I think he could be key for us in that. And can maybe not singly doing something on his own but as part of that defensive unit and just having that second elite corner back on the other side of the field will give us a great balance and it will make teams have to think a lot about what they're doing Nice, right, okay well we are going to leave the fine city of Dallas and it is time to fly Eagles fly (laughs) It has to be as those those, like daft songs go, It's, it's beauty is in its simplicity um, we are going to make our way to Philadelphia. We are going to be talking about the Eagles. Kev, how you doing, mate? Tell me, you went so close. So close. What have so, the Eagles been doing in the off-season? It's, it literally is one more step. What have the yeah. Eagles been doing this off-season, mate? Yeah, it still hurts to think about it, Brian. Thanks for bringing it up. Um, <laughs> well... The first thing we've done, I think the biggest piece of business we've done in the off-season there was giving Hurts his new deal. Um, tied him down as the franchise quarterback on a massive, what is it, $255 million uh, five-year contract. Um, and then uh, we got to work on trying to retain as much of the key pieces of, um, of the, the side as we could. So re-signed Fletcher Cox, Jason Kelsey, Boston Scott, um, and and then obviously I did a few more as well. Uh, we've got DeAndre Swift um, for Detroit. Um, we got Rashad Penny for the yep. Seahawks. Um, Marcus Mariota for the Falcons. Um, and I did a wee bit more depth um, to our wide receiver room uh, with uh, Zacchaeus for the Falcons as well. Um, um, and then <coughs> outbound. Biggest outgoings um, at the Eagles this off season was uh, we lost both our, both our coordinators to head coach gigs elsewhere. So Shane Steichen and Jonathan Gannon left to the Colts and the Cardinals. So this this is the um, big bit where it's I suppose it's the curse of your success. Yeah, when you're a team it. that does so well. That's what happens. These is is that thing as a fan that's maybe keeping you up at night, giving you the concern that you're losing those coaching pieces. I don't think that's the first thing on your mind. I think the first thing in your mind is the players. You just want to make sure you keep the players. But then, obviously, you know, when when the the coordinators go and you you really think about it, how much of the success of the team is down to you know the job those guys are doing. And I, I suppose we'll not know that until uh, until this season kicks off and we see uh, what sort of shape we're in with with the new guys. So the promoted coaches. Um, to the, the coordinator roles, it's uh, Brian Johnson's the, the new offensive coordinator, and Sean Desi, the um, the new defensive coordinator. They both, and they both came up from inside. 
They have. So Seriani talked about them both, said um, that they're both great guys. He's really pleased with them. They deserve their, their chance, etc. So um, we'll see how we'll see how they do. Um, and then what else do we have um, on the playing side? Um, we let go of a few guys to free up some space. So Gardner Minshew's gone. Uh, Miles Sanders is gone. Um, and, a, and a few other bits and pieces. Um, losing, losing Minshew, losing that like glorious, that glorious. I don't know if it's just his hair, the attitude, everything. Minshew <laughs> mania. I was such a believer. I want, I want there to be more Minshew mania in my life. Um, <laughs> He'll always but, be kicking about somewhere. He'll always well, get a gig somewhere. A <laughs> couple of weeks in India, to be fair. Um, so there's been a lot of movement. There's been a lot of things happening. But as you say, it's been. For the, for the Eagles, it's been about trying to, to retain as many of the pieces as, as they can get away with retaining. Um, what about what about your draft? What did you? What were your big moves in the draft that leave you hopefully thinking that you're adding the pieces that are going to help take you the next step? Well, Harry Roseman's done it again. Um, I think everybody everybody <laughs> pretty much feels that it was a an A draft. Um, you know. Widely, widely received as an A draft. Biggest thing was um, getting the Georgia pair in the first round. Uh, Jalen Carter, a defensive tackle. Uh, and okay, I'm going to interrupt you. Are you trying to tell me that the Eagles drafted some players out of Georgia? Yeah, yeah. I feel, uh, I feel just, this, this news of this this magnitude should. Not be, I can't believe we're breaking it. Aye. we only added we only added another three, just just the three of them. So. <laughs> Uh, you like so what I, you like, you like, like. Yeah, well, it's, if, if it's working, just more of the same. Well, yeah. <laughs> so I, Jalen Carter and uh, Nolan Smith both came as in the first round. Um, so both um, adding to our, our defense, and then um, we picked up offensive lineman from Alabama, Tyler Steen, um, and that was in the third round at sixty fifth pick, and then the very next pick, sixty six. Uh, we had um, Sidney Brown, a defensive back for Illinois. Um, and then just in the later round, uh, fourth, we added uh, uh, Keely Ringo um, to Georgia. That's the other Georgia player we got. Yeah. Um, so another big defensive back. And then we got Tanner McKee in the sixth, um, a quarterback, a late pickup uh, for Stanford. And then Moro Ojomo, um, the defensive tackle for Texas in the seventh. So... Um, I mean, I think much of our success has been, um, you know, our lines um, and our and our defense. That's what took us all the way to the bowl last year. And I think overall, as I said, um, that draft couldn't have gone much better, if any. You think, like, surely, like so many of the like, the, the owners and other SR in the league must just hate drafting against heavy. They must. <laughs> like, it's it's the consistency. With which you draft so well. You're like, could I just do one? Could I have an off year? Could I have a year of crap? What was it? How did they put how did they pull off Jalen Carter at, at number nine overall? Like he slid oh. duty red flags. Right, okay. He was expected to, he was coming out of college, he was expected to be the number it was number one prospect in the draft yeah. at college. And then there was a lot of red flags about behaviour on few other issues that teams then went, mm, maybe not. Yeah. But am I, I, am I right? It was it was nine, I think, but I think, I think, it, I think people would expect them to slide a lot further than that. Yeah. 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 Mm. I think I think did we not trade a pick to, to move up to get him though? We yeah, we yeah. I think we yeah, gave up a fourth rounder or something. The first round anyway. Mm, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I think we we I think there's I was reading something about us giving up a fourth round pick, but I couldn't quite follow it. Um, I, don't I, don't remember, I don't remember he's trading up in the draft. Maybe he's I've not remembered, but uh, um, yeah, I, I can't quite remember either. But he is certainly one where, as Dan says, the, the mentality side of it was what was putting teams off. I don't think many teams doubt his promise, but there were those concerns. And it's why I, I love him. He turned up in his pro day and he, he was so sluggish and he looked very unfit. And overweight on his pro day, and I think that's what put a lot of teams off. Yeah. Is like, well, your number one prospect in this draft, what is the state of you are about your pro day? And I think yeah, that yeah. put a lot of teams off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, I mean, we, the if, proof will be in the pudding, I suppose. We'll see if Philadelphia is the right place to, to, to really get the, the most out of them. 
Um, right, so it's a bit of a tricky question, this one, to ask an Eagles fan. How do you do better next year? <laughs> what do you, um, what so, do you see as the thing that the Eagles need to do? Is it the case of just do what you did last year? Do the same again? Or is there something um, that you look at and you go, do you know what? No, there is there is room for improvement there and we could have been better. I mean, I, I think um, on, in my prep, I was looking areas to improve. Not a lot, you know. Uh, there's, there's nothing... Not one area that that's glaringly obvious that we need to 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 improve on. But as if you want to be the, the the very best, if you want to be uh you know getting rings, then you've got to do everything well consistently. So I think maybe consistency is the key. Uh, Half time in the Super Bowl last year, we were looking pretty good, and we just couldn't keep it going uh, for you know the third and fourth quarters. So I think maybe. The longer that you you play at that elite level, the longer you keep winning games. Um, you know, then possibly the um, you know the more consistent you become. So I think it's just have another really good strong season, you know, and the confidence that comes with that. Hopefully, it will carry us just that wee bit further this year. Keep pushing Jalen Hurts from fourth and one. Did they change that rule? They're talking about change it. Did they change it? No, they never changed it. They they, they, it was all. It was the hot ticket that they were going to change it, uh, and they did not. Uh, There's a lot of times they reckon you get one more year of it, then it'll get bent. I think it's one of those plays that technically is a penalty. It's just never ever called. I think. No, I, I, honestly, I, I'm, I'm amazed that more teams don't do it. Like, it's not. We're not talking like some really fancy trick play here. We're talking no. about everybody grab them and push them. You think it's probably the first the first move ever invented in NFL, right? <laughs> exactly. Um, the oldest play in the book. Looking look, look at your season, looking at your year ahead, mate. What are what are the big games that have uh, that, that have got you got you interested in the need to be regular season games? I'm not having any of this. All we're looking forward to the Super Bowl. <laughs> no, listen, I, I would I wouldn't jinx it like that. Definitely not. Um, <laughs> Again, I, I just want to talk about the the, the, the strength of schedule because um, I know we talked about it before um, in the previous pod with, uh, with the Dolphins um, and we were talking about different ways to look at it. So yep. ba- based on the the records of the, of the teams we're facing last season, um, we've, we've got the hardest strength of schedule in the league. Um, the, the opponent's records last year um, were um, 0.566. Uh, which is the highest out of yeah. any team in the league this year. Now, the only other team that had a um, that are facing a, a record of above 0.55 is the Dolphins. Um, and you know, I talked about how the bookies have got them as third hardest schedule, but they're they're the second hardest um, based on this this kind of metric. Um, so it's a really really tough schedule. Um, we've got. Uh, Seven of our uh, seven of our eight home games this season, we're going to be facing teams with a winning uh, a winning record last year. Um, six of those six of those seven teams with winning records were all in the playoffs. Um, the only one that we're facing that, that didn't that didn't make the playoffs with a winning record was Washington. Um, so, or or at least a, a five hundred. Um, they had. A, they had I was going to come in and say that is that a, a consequence of the fact that your division last year. Everybody was five hundred or better. Yeah, um, but then yeah. You, you're playing that volume of playoff teams. That's so six out six out of eight home games are against playoff teams for last season. Um, and what what do we have? Uh, yeah, t- ten games in total out of our, our seventeen games this year will be against playoff teams for last year. Well, ten out of the seventeen. So that's that. That's the kind of the the the, the kind of strength of schedule that we're up against. So they're all big games, but for me. Um, for, for, first and foremost, I'm looking forward to the first game um, at New England. But but uh, for the, for me, the most interesting part of the season for us is going to be uh, where do we start? It's uh, week eleven. So we're at Arrowhead in week eleven. Then we play the, the Bills week twelve. Yeah. Um, we play the Forty Niners week thirteen, Ooh. and then Dallas week fourteen in Dallas. That's a run Tough stretch. So that, that those four weeks, I, I really can't wait to to um to that part of the season. I'm just buzzing to 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 watch the games back to back to back. But by then, we'll know. Obviously, we'll have a fair idea of whether whether we're going to make it to the playoffs or no. Um. So yeah, that's 
that that's the ones to look out for for me. Weeks eleven through fourteen. I think you know from week nine through to week fourteen. I think again we play like seven, six or seven teams who were in the playoffs last year. Okay, can I just jump in for a wee second? See, I thought yeah. was that week ten. You said the Chiefs. 10 no, week eleven. Week, week 10, eleven. We're, we're by week ten, I think. Hmm? Yeah, well, oh, so well, you get a bye week. You get the Cowboys. The game before yeah. that as well. So you've got yeah. Cowboys, Chiefs, Bills, 49ers, Cowboys. Aye, there you go. Aye, and then aye, and then I think that's that's where I think it's like um, you know six or seven game weeks in a row we're playing playoff teams for last season. Um, it's just it's incredible. But mm-hmm. hey, if you if you want to win it, you got to beat them all. So cost of success. Aye, exactly. those are the games you want to watch. Those are the games you want to watch, and uh, aye, that's got me excited. That's well, I was very critical last year, as you you know very well, Kev. I thought the, the Eagles had a relatively easy run yet, but that's what you this is what you get on the other side of it, where you you know, I mean there's no such thing as an easy playoff team. You know, I mean we no. can debate, you know, the strength of the NFC, the AFC all we want, but the team's made the playoffs, it's made it on merit. There's very, very few times where bad teams make the playoffs and they get found out in the playoffs instantly when they do. So yeah, yeah. when you're facing that many playoff teams, it is a big tough ask. Right, okay, mate. Let's let's round this one out. Who is going to be the man to crush it for Philadelphia this year? Who are you pinning your hopes and dreams on? I'm going to go for a guy that I'm I'm looking to take his game to the next level and just add a, a slightly um, different dimension to our attack. Um, that's going to be Dallas Goddard. Ooh. Um, Goddard has apparently been putting in a ton of work with the wide receivers. Um, he's looking to try and create better separation and uh, running routes and if he can if he can add that little bit extra to his game on the offense that we all, we already have weapons you know um we've got a massive uh, committee of uh, running backs um we've got you know uh, two top wide receivers we've got a um you know a quarterback who is getting better and better and you know, we've got all those pieces. I think Goddard, he's a, I mean, he's he's a good he's a good tight end, but I think um if he can become an elite tight end, then it'll give us just that that uh, wee bit more. Maybe the one bit that we need to to go all the way. Oh well, that's that. I've never seen that one coming. Mate. You've genuinely, genuinely surprised me in every possible way. Mate. Okay, right. Well, it is time. <laughs> it is time to go from a team that we're doing well to a team that hopes to stand on the shoulders of giants. I'm going to New York. There you go. See, this is this is why you have me on this show, guys. Uh, right, so we are now going to go to New York, and we're going to go to Gav, and he is going to tell us all about why this is the year that it is the Giants' year. So, kick me off, mate. What have you worked in the off season? Oh well, I, I'm going to be uh, probably continuing a boring theme and wax lyrical about the great work by our GM. Uh, shown because uh, I've got to tell you, it's not been a, a big off season for, for headlines in terms of who's coming in the big free agent acquisitions. Um, but there's been a lot of work in terms of contracts and re signing okay. uh, the, the key pieces here. So, I think obviously, in terms of the big names, if it's Saquon. Uh, re-signed admittedly only to a one-year deal at the moment, so there's a bit of a prove-it element there. Um, Daniel Jones is is back, um, which is on a four-year deal, but it's been pretty much um, touted as a a two-year deal. There's quite a a nice out after the the second year. I think there's only a nine million hit for the the Giants. Um, So I think there is a a question mark about some of your key offensive pieces, um, who they really want to keep in the, the long term. So not quite a prove-it deal for Daniel Jones, but I think um, there is certainly a bit of motivation for him to go out and do well this year. Um, and then we've had uh, other other big pieces. So Andrew Thomas, the left tackle, uh, really coming into his own. He's now in, uh, getting the, the long-term money. Dexter Lawrence again, uh, getting re-signed. Um, and beyond that, we're getting a very crowded wide receiver room. Um, so <laughs> I was hoping not, you'd mention this. <laughs> not necessarily the big names, I've got to say, but we've got Darius Slayton's back, uh, Sterling Shepard's back. Uh, we've added in Cole Beasley, uh, Jameson Crowder, Paris Campbell. A um, couple other moves that the draft we'll talk about in a moment. But um, yeah, I think that's obviously been a big part uh, and a big question mark over Daniel Jones and the, the Giants' overall offensive success. Um, so I think um, they're still feeling things out a lot of the, the wide receiver position. 
I'll maybe talk about that a bit more in a moment. Um, I guess probably the, the biggest free agent, um, or I say free agent, is actually a trade. Uh, acquisition was Dan Waller uh, tight end yes. from the, the Raiders yeah. um, so he's someone that's had a, a couple of 1100 yard seasons uh, in, in the past couple of question marks over his fitness recently but the signs uh, coming out of training camp are really positive right now and I think hopefully uh, he's going to be a big difference maker for the, the Giants um, in the, the coming season I, I guess in terms of the names going out um, I mean there were losses but I've got to say not a lot of big names that I think will negatively impact us. But again, just give my GM appreciation for a moment. Kenny Galladay <laughs> is gone. You know, that is, uh, nah, that is, I'm sure he's still skulking around the stadium somewhere. Uh, so so he, he's out. So I mean, that would be a lot of dead money uh, for, for the Giants for some time. Uh, and I think, you know, you were counting, I think, in the, the seven figures, uh, how much we're paying him per catch. So, uh, yeah, uh, that, that's the end of that chapter. I do. I'm, I'm loving that. Like, I'm fully convinced that the Giants are just taking all of these wide receivers, cutting them up, and trying to build one functional wide receiver. Like, more, slot des- more slot receivers than there is in slots in Vegas. Right. Okay. Yeah. So it's it's been a as you say, GM appreciation. It's been, I suppose, you would say, more of a, a maintenance. Off season yeah, in terms of managing those contracts, keeping the kind of the, the core of the team whole and adding adding pieces rather than big splashes. Although Darren Waller was a splash, to be fair. Yeah. Uh, what about your draft though? What were your what were your thoughts about the, the Giants draft this year? Yeah, so I, I think um pretty solid draft. I, th- I think um that, that's been the, the take of the, the Giants off season. So um as we've already identified, I think wide receiver was really the major position in need um coming into the, the draft. But obviously um in comparison to probably the last five years or so, Giants uh, haven't had a, a decent season last year, uh picking much uh, much later on in the, the first round. Um so First rounder uh, we actually picked up was uh, Deontay Banks, mm-hmm. uh, corner who you know big six foot two solid uh, corner can hopefully go toe to toe with some of the, the big uh, targets in the division. That's going to be really important for the Giants um, because although um, we were kind of middle of the pack in past D, but I think one of the areas we really struggled was getting those turnovers. We only had six yeah. total uh, ints uh, for the, the entire season, which uh, tied with I think the Raiders. Uh, for last uh, in, in the NFL. So I think he, he is going to be an important addition. Um, moving on from that, we'd, uh, in the second round, with uh, John Michael Schmitz uh, at centre, uh, who seems to be a, a solid pickup. So, some are saying the top centre, others uh, number two, but certainly just adding that extra piece to the, the offensive line, which has slowly been getting upgraded uh, over the, the past few years. Um and then I've got to say that the one that's actually really uh, got me excited is uh, our third rounder, Jalen Hyatt, yeah. uh, the wide receiver at Tennessee. Um, so 72nd overall pick, but um, certainly he's got a bag he's full of confidence. Fast. He is fast. This is a guy who's uh, got, um, hitting those 50-yard-plus plays. I think he had um, seven of his eight touchdowns last year, um, went for over 50 yards. Um really going to be that home run threat that the Giants need uh, at the position, not just to open up the passing game, but actually just to clear out the, the box of it for the likes of Saquon yeah. uh, and boost that running game. So, uh, yeah, one that's really excited for me. And um, obviously, I think through the, the later rounds, with a, a nice pickup um, uh, to add some back at, uh, depth at running back as well. But certainly from the, the first two days, those are the, the key additions. Yeah, Jalen High is a great pick. He's got some some of those highlights that he's he is he is a highlight real wide receiver. You know, you just where you going? I'm just throwing this really far, and I hope he's the fastest one out there. Um, yeah, can I just ask Gav a yeah. question before we go? Gav, see, before, I, I don't want to spoil us here. Is your player that we're going to discuss later a crush a linebacker or is it, is it someone else? It's someone else. Right. Yeah, no, the reason I want to ask is. Someone who are coming out of last year's draft are really interesting. I mean, I've never seen a lot of them last year. What are you expecting this year out of K1 Thibodeau? Mm. 
I, I think that we, we're going to need a big, um, a, a big kick on from him. Um, had a good rookie year, but I think one of the weaknesses that we actually saw in the, the Giants and really what killed us in the, the playoffs was the, the run game. Uh, Eagles ran all over. Two hundred sixty-eight yards was the most ever given up by a Giants D uh, against the run. Um, they were twenty-seventh against the rush all year uh, last year. So um, I, I think obviously we want to see K one get after the after the quarterback, um, but certainly we're going to need him and the uh, and the linebacking core to to really step up against the run. Cheers. Always, it's always a trick with these players that are needing, they need to step into multiple roles. You know what I mean? You need to make that call. But yeah, you can't you can't be having a run being as that but uh, it says a Browns fan. Um right, okay. Um so look looking ahead, what do you see as the the big improvement that the Giants need this year? You know, I mean? you made it to the made it to the off season, uh, made it to the, the off season, made it to the post season <laughs> last year. Um weren't there for a huge amount of time, but you just acquitted yourselves reasonably well until you ran into the Eagles. What do you need to be able to to really hang with teams like the Eagles? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we, we've already touched on that. So, I mean, um, in terms of the, the Russian defense, you know, twenty seventh against the run and, and giving up over two hundred and fifty yards to the Eagles, that needs to be fixed. But probably to to just add a, a different angle to that, the offense has got to become more dynamic. I mean, we. You know, on the ground did really well, fourth overall, Saquon really getting his groove back. Um, but in terms of passing yards, 27th overall, uh, Daniel Jones is the fifth most sacked quarterback in the league last year. Now, admittedly, part of that, I think, is good coaching. The turnovers were right down last year. Only five uh, ints, uh, three fumbles given away. So, you know, not bad in terms of actually protecting the football. But it's really, and we talked about that with the wide receiver room, um, you know, it's crowded, but, you know, that's what's happening in coverage of not getting separation last year. Mm. Uh, and that's something that's going to have to change. Okay. Right. So what is the thing that living in the magic land that everything works and <laughs> all of these changes happen? What are the games where we're really going to see the giant shine? What are the games that you look at that slate and you go, that's the week I want to be watching? The week I want to be watching. Well, um, we talked about, uh, Dan mentioned already how the, the Cowboys have got a nice run in. The Giants have got a brutal run in. Uh, <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> they, uh, we have the Eagles in week 16 and week 18. Wow. Um, uh, so the Eagles. <laughs> so hard. We, um, we had them twice late last season as well, I'm pretty sure. It wasn't quite that bad, but I think in the last five games with the Eagles twice, I think. But that's horrific. Yeah. And, so brutal. <laughs> I mean that that's thing. So the Eagles actually by um by ditching us in the playoffs, they actually became the first team ever to, to beat the Giants three times uh in the, the same season. Uh and that's um I think the Giants have got to be looking at that, thinking it's late in the season, not expecting to, to sweep the Eagles, but you've got to be thinking you've got to pick one from two. It's gonna be a competitive division and you're probably gonna need to pick up a result one of those two games. You know, maybe you know the Eagles being a strong team, they're already in. Uh, the, the postseason by that point, but Giants have got to be looking at that and thinking, you know, um, we've got the Rams. I think is the, the week seventeen game. You really want to be winning two of the, the, those last three. Yeah. It's, always, it's always a sad day, but when you're sat there saying, right, if we're really lucky, the team we're playing in week eighteen will already have the number one seat, and as such, <laughs> going to rest everyone, and then we'll get an easy win. <laughs> it's, a, it's never a good. It's never a good look, but I understand it. I understand. It. Right, okay. Uh, right, we are drawing towards the end, gentlemen. But Gavin, it comes to you to tell us who, and you, you've already thrown Dan. He, he was expecting a totally different man. But who is going to crush it for the Giants this year? Well, um, when I did the, the, the FC East pod, um, I was really safe. So I'm actually going to flip things around and I've already uh, talked to him about, about him already. Jalen Hyatt. Yeah. You know, third, third round rookie receiver. Um, it's been a real position in need for the, the Giants. Uh, and as I say, between having that home run threat uh, to, to open up the passing game, give uh, Danny Dimes someone to, to drop those, those deep balls to, but actually to open up the lanes uh, for, for Saquon as well. Um, I, I think he is going to have to be a difference maker uh, if we are going to kick on from last season. Brilliant. I think the first rookie pick for somebody that's going to crush it that we've had so far, mate. 
Love it. And as I say, the highlight reel speaks for itself. Right, okay, gents. We are drawing towards the end. It's time to start putting your name to some predictions for each of these teams. Uh, going to do it the same way we did it when we talked about the, AF- the AFC East. I'm going to come around each of you. I'm going to want to know what you are projecting these teams' uh, wins and losses are going to be for the year. Then we'll have a wee chat. We'll try and put the put the, the division in order and see how many arguments we can have. So, mm-hmm. uh, John, you're going to kick us off, mate. Where are the commanders going to finish this year? Last year it was an 8-8-1. Eight, eight Do you see it going up or down from there, mate? I can see it going down. Oh, what are you calling it? I, I see them being probably one of the bottom teams in the NFC. <laughs> From 500 to, to all the way down, one of the worst, worst in the conference. Oh, he's a I've, harsh I've, man. I've looked at your schedule, Brian, and I've got them as 2-15. Oh! <laughs> schedule horrendous. Their schedule, I, they're, they're just not... I was going to be a... a a bit more kinder and give them four wins. <laughs> well, there you go, folks. There you go. Four wins for the Commanders this year. Right. Okay. <laughs> and coming across to you, coming to Dallas, where are the Cowboys landing come year end? So I, I spoke earlier, I spoke, I think we'll go five and one the first six games. I think either the 49ers or the Chargers are going to kind of give us a bit of a bloody nose. Uh, I also think we'll lose to the Bills and we'll split with the Eagles. So I've got us going 14 and three. Fourteen and three. Oh, that's that's that would that would be exactly what the Eagles had last year at the top of the division. On that note, Kev, where are the Eagles landing? I'm t- I'm I'm, uh, I'm trying to be a realist. Um, I think the schedule's particularly tough. I would I would be happy with twelve and five. That okay. would be that'd be all right for me. Twelve and five, right? So it's again certainly a. a, a a title, or a, sorry, a total that's going to top most divisions in the league. Uh, right then, yeah. round this off, Gav. Where are the Giants going to finish? What is the what is the scores in the doors going to be? Well, I was going to say ten and seven, but given we're nine seven and one last year, I, I think you know we need to be asking for more than just not tying with the red uh, with the Redskins, the Commanders. Uh, so <laughs> I'm going to be going eleven and six. Eleven and six. Right. Okay. Now we're going to do this one to to wind us off, guys. Uh, we're going to try and put the division order. I feel there could be there could be some contention here. And I might need to take votes. <laughs> Kev, I'm going to assume boldly that you think that your Eagles are going to top the division. Dan, I'm also <laughs> going to assume that you feel your Cowboys are going to top the division. So you two don't get a vote. <laughs> you two oh, I'm, get I'm going to agree with Kev. I agree with Kev. I've got the Eagles the as twelve and five. I, I, I've put down looking at the Eagles' schedule. I went twelve and five for the Eagles as well. Ooh. Right, Gav, I'll come to you first, mate. Who do you think is going to top the top? The, I, I'm going to assume that you think it's going to be one of them two topping it. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I've got to say, I mean, I think that the Super Super Bowl hangover is real, you know, um, for, for the losing teams. Having said that, you know, Eagles are a, a well-run franchise. We've already kind of given out a credit to, to Howie. Um, I, I think, you know, there probably will be a bit of a backslide from last year, but I still think they'll take the division. What about yourself, John? Where do you land on it? Who's going to take a, take a title between the Eagles and the Cowboys? I still see the, the Eagles being the, the dominant force in that that division, uh, even with the, the Super Bowl hangover, I think. Uh, the pieces added from Georgia are going to, I think, be really crucial for them as well. So. There you go. You've heard it here first, gentlemen. Dan, you're outvoted. You've been sliding in the second place. Fly Eagles fly, number one in the East. Then, do you know what I mean? Gav, that was, do you see that was awfully convenient. Cameras? That was awfully convenient that they both picked the Eagles because if they'd have picked one each, you'd have had to decide and vote, Brian. Yeah, yeah then, then I'd have had to decide. <laughs> the only thing I'm going to say is that Eagles fan himself thinks they'll finish 12 and 5. So you used to think the Cowboys will finish less than 12 and 5? Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I was going to say, I, I, when you said when you said uh, you were going to finish what fourteen and three, I, I think we'll win the division, and I don't think we'll get a record that good. But you know, um, I, I suppose I've not paid particular attention to the the Cowboys 
um, schedule. So maybe maybe they might have it a bit easier than us, and maybe they might get pick up the wins. But I don't. I don't. I don't see it. That's because you don't look at lesser teams, Kev. You don't look at lesser teams. Yeah. Right, okay, so we're gonna we're gonna call it. Um, and then, do we have any any dispute with the bot men? Do we think it will be? So we're gonna say Eagles, Cowboys, and then would would we agree that we think it will wind up being a uh, Giants Commanders? Yeah. Yep. Uh, well, I mean, I'm, I I suppose you'd expect me to throw the, the challenge in here, but I think the thing is the the Giants last year had quite a nice little season, but the one spot where they really let themselves down was in the division. They were one four and one last year. I can't see them being as bad as that this year, even if it's three and three, four and two. Um, I mean, as I say, Eagles beat us three times last year, but I think they've got to be looking to be at least kind of splitting the difference with the division rivals next year. Um, yeah. And that's hopefully going to bump the win tally up just that little so bit. Maybe a bit of, maybe a, bit of a, a tussle for two. Right. Well, that is going to wind us up, folks. That is our chat all the way through the NFC East. Hope you've enjoyed the show tonight, folks. Remember, you can find us on Twitter. You can find us on Twitch. You can find us on YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts at. Thank you very much for sticking with us, folks. We are going to be back, and we are going to be bringing you the rest of the divisions around the league. I have been Brian. The guys have been the crew. It has been fantastic. The season is nearly here, guys. We have got pre-season games this week. And until we have got the full season back, the crew will get you through.